Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast here with Benji. As always, to the first mountaintop finish of this year's Vuelta a España. And it actually got pretty exciting at the end. This show is supported by our show partner, Lacole, who produced performance cycling apparel. More on them in a minute. At this stage, 203Ks. It's, yeah, a bit rolly at the end, but it's all about the pick on Blanco climb pretty much. It's it's a nothing day before that. 7.6Ks, 9.1%. Some, eh, I'm not sure what the pure definition of Rampas in Humanos is. I'm not sure I'm willing to not yet. go. Yeah, I'm not going there. I'm not going there with the group. Uh, you know, 12 13%, it's not in Humanos. It's uh, still humane treatment. But, yeah, it's a hard finish. We saw it in Burgos. We often see it in Burgos. And uh, Jumbo Visma don't want Primoz Roglic doing any more post-race interviews this first week, Benji. Yes, certainly. We had a breakaway at the start of the stage. Antonio uh, Jesus Soto from Oiscaltel, a guy we uh, spoke about yesterday, right? I expect him to. I expected him to top ten on that hill stage that's coming on day six, but after today, he might have a bit more trouble because he spent the entire day in a breakaway. Tobias Bayer, Alpesin, Phoenix. He's the guy that in Burgos was fifth on the Picon Blanco stage, the one that ended with a descent afterwards, where Romain Bardet ended up winning after crashing in the descent so the man can climb and has a bit of a punch to uh win a reduced bunch sprint if it comes down to that group sprint not bunch sprint bunch is a lot but uh Lilian Kalmajan we know him he's won uh quite a few stages in ground tours already I think one in the tour one in La Vuelta in 2017 18 something like that Kenny Lissonde everybody knows Kenny he launched Froome in that wonderful Giro stage at Col de la Fin. Colle del Finestre, called La Finestre, was a French climb suddenly. And uh, Julian Emesqueta at Caja Rural, Reintarame. We uh, actually saw him in the Giro, losing from Dombrowski, I think, on one of the early mountain stages there. And then we had Dombrowski in this breakaway as well, UAE, and yet Sabol for Burgos BH. This break would uh, actually get a significant gap because nobody at the peloton felt like pacing. Yumbo was like, okay. No, I don't need this red jersey. You can have the red jersey. Red jersey is lava. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much time it takes after at the end of each day, but it's at least an hour and a half, I think, all the duties that come with the jersey plus the interviews when you could be going back to the hotel and recovering. So, Yumbo, I think they asked Roglic at the end of yesterday, did you care if Aaron Bruce the jersey? He said, not, not a problem for us at all. So that was the plan for Yumbo. They have, in my view just a weak team generally to be honest but even even on the flat there's no Tony Martin there's just Hersink leaning on leaning on Hersink a lot and we also had Dombrowski and Tarame were really strong today just like they were they were in the same uh, Giro stage that Benji mentioned so yeah Yumbo not pacing all gap out to nine minutes and yeah (laughs) the belt the break can't lose this because no one else paced and I said this on the pod yesterday you just got to take your punishment if your Ineos or the other teams and you know if worst case it's there's bonus seconds up for grabs Roglic is going to take them so 
if you pace today on this climb, catch the break, and then Robert Chow sprints you, you know, takes 10 seconds plus 10 bonus, you look like an idiot. And people are learning to not do that anymore because uh, he, he's pretty good, Primoz Roglic. So, yeah, break, all about the break. The strongest climbers, like on recent form, Tobias Bay was getting a lot of hype. The guy who, yeah, he surprised on pick on Blanco behind Bardet, but it seemed really different today, Benji. And when the peloton just started to, I don't know, just get into position before the final climb with 25Ks to go, the gap apps just started literally melting in the heat with the breakaway starting to disintegrate. Yeah, certainly. The gap went down from 8 minutes 30 down to 6 minutes in a matter of, I don't know, me looking away from my screen and working for a bit and then looking back and, oh my God, it's 6 minutes. That's basically the definition of 3 minutes, 4 minutes, something like that. So uh, the gap was 6 minutes then going over that small bump before the Picon Blanco climb. And in descent afterwards, the gap went out a bit again, but by the bottom of the climb, we already had 3 minutes 45 again. Uh, between the breakaway and the peloton but then attacks started forming Carmajon was the first to make a proper move on the descent towards Picon Blanco and he got 15 seconds 10 seconds but it was uh very swiftly followed by the group catching him again at the bottom of the Picon Blanco climb where the action would start taking effect for the entire group but the gap had moved up to four minutes 20 by then and eight kilometers four minutes 20 would be rough for the peloton but manageable if they go very hard but it didn't seem like that was going to happen did it no they didn't and no one really took it up there was uae we saw at the front and for either michael de la cruz who are like well they're not gonna you think eat into their breakaway but before we get into the pick on blanco a little bit of drama on pick on blanco as well i'll mention our show partner lacole produced performance cycling apparel produced in the base the base of monte grappa initially run out of the UK. If you want to check out any of their kit, there's some pretty good deals to be had at the moment. And we have the LR Vuelta 20, LR Vuelta 20, all caps discount code. You can see it in the description down below, which get, gets you 20% off already discounted items. So there's some outrageous deals to be had if you're going into autumn or wherever you are. So thanks to Lacole for supporting the podcast and you can also directly support the podcast by giving this a like or subscribing on youtube down below it makes a really big difference we're trying to get to 20k subscribers on the youtube channel asap or giving us a review or a rating on podcast players uh the reviews really matter a lot and uh yeah there's a crazy number of them so thanks to support that's a nice way for you to support us but also pick on blanco i think the main news is nathan van hoydonk Gidnex Debar, gap not moving, and I was like, what's going on? <laughs> Why are these two pacing on 10%? Next minute, Bahrain, someone's got the call, and it's Mark Padun on the front. He's back. He couldn't do 200 watts for 10 seconds yesterday on the flat, but today he gets on the front and starts. Well, I wouldn't say drilling it. Like he wasn't. It wasn't just like on the front massive surge splits apart it was more uh, controlled and he didn't blow himself up straight away poles was kind of out of position like where's what poles he comes back and he does a pull as well and i was thinking benji what are bahrain trying to achieve from this they'd pace petratnik on the flat before got a bit of a headwind on the climb the, the break's gonna win is this just testing out Lander feels good. He just wants to see where's the weakness. Which teams are weak? Is it Vlasov, Kartikus? Can they probe and see problems in the other teams? 
Well, that's what you'd expect because the tempo was not high enough to catch the breakaway again from that point onwards, and it didn't look like they were going to catch them. So it must be to test the people in the peloton to see where the strengths are, where the weaknesses are from people, to see whether Team Roglic, for example, would be able to keep up with Roglic because one and a half kilometers into the climb, Roglic completely isolated Sepkas off the back. So that's a sign that Landa (laughs) is looking for, you know? Landa is probably happy with knowing that for the future, that Yumbo wasn't good today. Now, you can always use the card of, oh, Roglic must have said to his, could have said to his team, okay, today I can do it all alone. No, no worries. Uh, in your style, like they did in the past where they had certain riders just lose minutes on days for on purpose on these kind of early mountain stages to then be useful in the third week. But uh, Kaz looked a bit red when he was off the back. So I'm afraid that that wasn't the case today, you think? Yeah, and this is what we we've said. This it's like okay, Coos. People say super domestique or Coos. He's had plenty of GC chances this year, by the way. The free Coos movement, he's been free. Got the tour stage win. Yeah, well, he's been freed, and I wouldn't say he he ain't no Richie Port. There's some days where he maybe Port did go missing, but Coos will just have these random days happen in Cretum de Dauphiné stage eight. Look at the power data. He got dropped at, I think, 5.7 watts per kilo for 10 minutes. Easy stuff for him, normal, like at his peak. And today he's getting dropped out of a group of 40. And you've got half, you know, half the guys you know, nowhere near his level who people might not even know their names. So... How yeah, dare you disrespect Oscar Cabedo of Burgos BH like that? Yeah, exactly. I don't know who that guy is. Um, and yeah, I think he's getting paid a fair bit less than uh, Sepp Kuz. So Certainly. Did it matter on this final climb? No, because Roglic, this is, this is perfect for him in my view. But sidestepping away from the GC, we'll come back to him in a second. At the same time, the break is attacking each other, but they're not losing. They lost a lot of time before the climb, but then when Dombrowski and Tarame started relaying, they got Kenny on the back, they've dropped Bayer, they're relaying. They're keeping that gap pretty stable, to be honest, in the last three to four Ks, and they're the, probably the, the cream of the crop. They're relaying. Eventually, Tarame gives Dombrowski a dig up, probably after the steepest section, gets him off the wheel, continues on with it, and Rain Tarame from the break into Marche's second Grand Tour stage win this year, the Estonian. He's now won two Vuelta stages 10 years apart, including a stage at the Giro halfway through that 10 years. He's got 19 pro wins. He's 34 years old. Quote, if somebody going to pay me 100 grand, I'm going to ride my bike. Tommy Cash, Cash makes the world go around. Rain Tarame. Hope you earn that bonus and enjoy it tonight. Goes into the leaders' jersey as well. What did you make of his performance, Benji? Wonderful ride. He was one of the riders that I uh, brought forward to win a stage, but I in no way expected it to be so early <laughs> in the Grand Tour. To be honest, I expected it to be one of those week two stages with a breakaway that is not super strong and so forth. Now, today's breakaway was not godlike, but Dombrowski's a decent rider. Alisson's a decent rider, so the competition he beat is very nice and... He's uh, not one of the younger riders, but he does offer Wanty here a Grand Tour victory. And it's not their first one this year. So we can joke about Wanty all we want in a lot of the races they ride, because they are riding poorly in some of the races that they ride. But when it comes to Grand Tours, they're almost equalizing. Nah, they're not almost equalizing uh alpacin but since <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. like four or five but it's th- it's still two two ground tour wins i was very critical stages. of them with their start of the year but 
Tarame, I think we like that signing. They're paying him probably a hundred grand. Tiger Van Horn's probably on a hundred grand, which like I wouldn't say it's cheap, but they got a grand tour stage win out of each of those guys. And you know, I think what I really like is their signings for next year, which will hold over for the transfer. Some of their signings for next year, I think, are very, very tidy indeed. And taking the leaders' jersey at a grand tour as well, fantastic result for that team. So here's the final stage result. Well, no, I won't do the final stage results yet because it's not all great, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He beat Dombrowski, put 21 seconds into him, 36 into Kenny. Back down the road, we've had Padun pulling, Poles relaying, Padun pulling again, and then it kind of stops. And then it's, I think it's Micah brought David de la Cruz for yeah. Benji. The order in that was so surprising. I thought yeah. Micah was going for a GC here. And then he was bringing de la Cruz for an attack. And de la Cruz decided to go for an attack. Got like 10 meters on the train of Bahrain still working. But then another rider decided to uh, step in and bridge towards de la Cruz. And it was Adam Yates. Yeah. All while at the back of the peloton. The weight of the gold in the helmet of Carapaz was Bronze. No, weighing no, no, no. down not, not on gold. him. Not gold. Well, it looks like copper, but... <laughs> they fucked the paint job. They didn't realize that you win. It's not a copper medal. Uh, so I don't know what's going on. Maybe Pinarello, they want to redo that one for next year or the next four <laughs> four or five years, guys, or three years till Paris because copper, it's a lot heavier, I think, uh, density-wise than gold. So that paint job clearly, yeah, a problem for Carapaz. I mean, Fausto Copy 60 Mihai uh, on Twitter, Benji, he called it. He admits much criticism on he on his welter rankings. He was like, Carapaz, don't see it, not a real threat. And already today, is this kind of similar to what we saw last year with there's like Tour Carapaz and Vuelta Carapaz, two completely different riders? Yeah, it is. Like... I can't really say what is the consistent path he's going to take in this Vuelta. For example, it could be just a bad day and sure. he's back in a few days, but I doubt that. He has had a lot of race days so far. And if you go for GC in the Tour and then you have to go to the Olympics and then two weeks later you're starting a Vuelta, you're doing a lot of racing. And last year he was unable to do two months in a row as well. But then it was the other way around. His Tour was weaker and started getting better towards the end. And the Vuelta, he decided to go for GC then. So, I don't know. Feels like it's the opposite of last year. Feels like the form he had right... The form he has right now feels like the form he had last year at the start of the Tour de France. I think what has become clear, and they're certainly not lying, is that for Bahrain victorious, Landa is the clear leader. There's no hidden leader. Padun's not the leader. Arashiro, we love the man. He actually, like, seriously, though, he, we meet him a little bit and he's always in our core boss package. Like, there was no photos of Lander in the TT on stage one. There was, like, three of Arashiro. Um, <laughs> but dude, he, he does a good job on the flat. But Lander, he's their leader. What's curious to me is there seemed to be no plan afterwards. So, Bahrain pool, Haig is under pressure. So, Haig, I think he lost a fair bit of time again today. He got caught up in the crash, but didn't crash. He lost three minutes, 15 today, but more like two minutes to the GC guys. So I think Hagen Caruso definitely is, is Lander as the leader. What's curious to me is the no plan afterwards. Yates attacking, Padun closing, and then it was all kind of nothing again. It was the Burgos guys moving up, trying to get competitivity, I guess, or just attacking. And we finally saw Alejandro Valverde it always falls to me, Balverde pulling on the front. So Movistar must have felt good, Benji. They had three guys, Mas, Lopez, and Valverde in what was becoming a very select group. At the end, Valverde leads it out, and then Mas kicks 
no bonus seconds available anymore because the breakaway. And yeah, he gets a decent gap. No one reacts. Adam Yates has been sort of yo-yoing. And Miguel Lopez closes <laughs> Dan Rigmas. That takes a second or two away from him. Closing it for Roglic. It's only three seconds, four seconds. But I think Movistar, they finished with, here's the top 10, or the, the rest of the top 10. It was Carmijan fourth, then Mas Lopez, Roglic, Adam Yates, Mikel Lander, Julio Ciccone, not surprising from Benji's perspective, in 10th, then Bernal Valverde. Three Movistar guys in that group of uh, six or seven or eight riders. Fabio Aru, 13th at 155. De La Cruz loses time. Gino Maida didn't pull, but only loses 17 seconds. And yeah, a bit curious what the plan is with him. Maybe they're trying to keep him as a GC3. Hey, yeah. I, w- I do want to talk about the fact that I've joked a few times about Lopez, and the one time he said he wanted to be competing against the likes of a Pogacar and an Evenepoel in the future. But the man actually is only on like 12 seconds of the GC group today. <laughs> Which, who? Juan P. Lopez from Trek Segafredo. I thought you meant Miguel Lopez. I was no, like, no. mate, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he, he's already given the chance to compete yeah, against certainly. <laughs> oh, yeah. JP Lopez. That's actually a good performance yeah. um, for him. Uh, yeah, Chicone again. Hopefully he gets a good GC result because he's got some fantastic legs this first week and um, he's not really got the opportunity to go for stages. So takeaways... Carthy, Vlasov not looking good as the leaders of their team. Carthy losing a solid 20 seconds on the road. Bardet losing 30 seconds. Vlasov also 30 seconds. Caruso, Poles and Haig I think will be domestiques for for Landa. And Padun, I actually feel like they should be using Maiden, not Padun. I feel like Padun is so strong. He was closing Yates' attacks in like four pedal strokes. It was outrageous stuff. Yeah. On the climb, I, I kind of don't really know what Bahrain's plan was, to be honest, because he's lost time and I would be using him as a threat, not Mater, because I think Padun's, when he's on, on the climbs, he's, you know, well, best in the world, like ridiculous. Yeah, was. I think that you're right on that because I was a bit doubtful because I feel like they clearly had a plan to go for Lander today, but they shouldn't have because... I feel like while Landa should be their leader, obviously, they should indeed have their other riders be a more offensive role and try and attack away today, perhaps with a button who will react. Let's see what team is willing to uh, go for pacing. De La Cruz might respond, but uh, Adam Yates might respond. And what happens then? Will Roglic have to react at a certain point? Movistar? It's not Carapaz that's riding up there, so likely Movistar won't actually end up riding, but those kind of moves is something I would have preferred to see over the pacing that Potten had to do from the bottom of the bloody climb and eventually still come within a decent margin of the GC riders. But I do want to uh, mention on, and not gloss over the fact that Oscar Cabedo of Burgos BH was actually the rider who performed the best attack in the bloody GC group today. I, I can't wrap my head around it. The guy finished with Potten and Kafi ahead of Vlazov, who is 10 seconds behind him and roughly half a minute lost on Roglic and so forth. Bardet also behind him. Caruso behind him. We have Carapaz obviously behind him. So that man performed well today, genuinely. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's the first test. We're, of course, overreacting, but that's what we like to do on these first mountaintop finishes with very, well, to be honest. It's all decided. The entire Vuelta, Tarame wins. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm mocking myself, Benji, but then I'm like, this was a sleepy day. 
no one really apart from Bahrain took it up and then they slowed down as a big group. And then guys are still losing 30 seconds like Bardet and Vlasov. That's a decent – this is not like, oh, they just sprinted at the end, lost five seconds. 30 seconds when it was a big group. So, yeah. Here's revised GC. Tarame goes into the leader's jersey, 25 seconds ahead of Kenny Alassane. He's been close but no cigar a lot this season. Kenny was – Fontu is third, I think. Uh, Second Molimo. Well, but not. But third, sorry, on the stage – a third on GC, rather, is Roglic, 30 seconds back. Mission accomplished for them. Then Karmajan. Enric Mas is the second-best GC contender, only 15 seconds behind Roglic after his good TT. Lopez, then Valverde, sixth and seven. The Trident is alive and well. <laughs> I can't wait to see how it unfolds. We already got a little taste and appetizer with Lopez closing. So wait, Mas- there's no season three or what? I don't believe there's a season three because it's come it, on. It was like portraying them too badly. <laughs> really? Even though they produced it, I don't know. That must be the re- the, the writers, the guys I, must have not wanted. To I do wouldn't it. know how it portrayed them too badly. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I, I full credit to Mother Stuff for that documentary. I think it's really good yep. entertainment and it's good for their sponsors. Even if you can criticize them, at least they're being talked about. Uh, but Chicone in eighth, Bernal ninth, Landa tenth on Bernal's on fifty. Uh, sorry, quick maths, 27 seconds on Roglic. Mader and Lunder, yeah, they're about, they're more, they're like 40 seconds plus. So, yeah, I don't really, I guess Yates, Benji, he's at, he's already at 51. Maybe that's why he's trying to take some time back today. I think, who would you, which GC team do you think would be happiest today? I'm going to still say Movistar. I think Yumbo team looks weak and other and teams will know that. Ineos looked weak. Apart from Yates, I think Carapaz going early is concern. Bahrain played themselves a little bit, I think. I think Movistar have to be happiest with guys effectively 2-3-4 on GC. I think so as well. Roglic should be happy as well because him as a rider himself performed well enough. But when it comes to his team, it's not that great. So that's the weakness there. When it comes to Movistar, indeed, they performed well with all their three riders. Now, I do expect Valverde at a certain point to fall into a domestique role, but probably too late for it to matter. But um, yeah, Movistar as a team performed well here and was in that front group with their riders. And it is great for them that competitors are falling away out of the potential podium spots and top five spots. Because even if Roglic is here, well, with Roglic here, they were unexpecting to actually win this Vuelta, for example. but now they've got like plenty of competitors already falling apart that are supposedly the top five candidates for this race. So yeah, and it's also the same for Ciccone. I think Trek Segafredo should be really happy with both Ciccone and Juan P. Lopez and Elison's performance despite losing the stage because their team is performing really well. And let's say that Ciccone at a certain point might genuinely be a top five contender because I think he is. I wouldn't be doubting that. Like... In previous Grand Tours, I would have said, no, he should be going for stages. But in the Giro, he held on for quite long until he, I think, he ended crashed. up crashing in a stage. Yeah, he shut my mouth in the Giro. He was going to come a, a decent spot in GC. He didn't fade. He just had that unlucky crash, I think, where, yeah, I can't remember, the same one Remco got caught up in. Yeah, uh, so, so just before the climb. I think it's rational, honestly, with his level today to see where he can go on GC. And, also, you know, it your contract's... And salary you can command a very he's already got grand tour stage wins contracts you, you can demand with a top five on gc even though it's the welter are very different in the future if you can prove that's who you are 
stage four tomorrow. It's a funny stage. They just do like a rolling ridge line at about a thousand meters elevation with no categorized climbs. They're very odd, but it is rolly. It's not flat. 164Ks. Little rise at the end. Yep. I think I went with Philipson in the preview. I still Correct. like that. Uh, but Matthews really should be looking like this. He really should come top three, I think, again here, Michael Matthews. So I'm going to stick with Philipson because I do like him on these sort of finishes too, but Matthews should go close. I think Philipson wins this one. Um, I am curious to see how Jakobsen performs here because that will define how good he is on these kind of finishes in the rest of this Grand Tour. Now, if Cavagna was in this race, I'd say he attacks on that the top of that last hill. Is Brent van Moor here? Probably not either. I don't no, recall him on the start line, but a rider like that in the breakaway on this kind of stage could outplay the peloton because that descent into the last 10 kilometers is a typical kind of descent you have in a stage that eventually gets won accidentally by the breakaway. But I um, I think that Alpecin has a good enough of a team to control the stage and they will decide to do so. And there's probably some other sprinters that will get over these climbs and thus will help get to the finish line and make this a sprint. So for me, it's Philipson. When it comes to outsiders, yeah, Aramburu lost his position in second in GC, so no point <laughs> in podium this time around. But I would say he can definitely top five again on this kind of finish. I think uh, Pascal Ackerman, if he was here, would be winning this. I, I still think he's, yeah, he's not worth probably what UAE are paying, but uh, curious Boris team today. We, we haven't even mentioned them, Benji. Groschart and a lost. He was with David de la Cruz. Oh, he's there on GC. He lost a fair bit of time. So, yeah, interested to see Bora. They're a bit reeling after yesterday and the crashes, how they go. But let us know down below, what do you think? Which team will be happy with the results from today's first mountain test? Are we overreacting? I think Carapaz is firmly going to be in domestique mode now. It's all about Yates and Bernal. Are you worried about Jumbo Visma's team? And uh, how do you think the Movistar Trident will work out? Will they finally get it right? And will Landa... Will they work out? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't wait to see it. Well, it's looking good. I'm a, I'm a bit happier after today, actually. Uh, but yeah, let us know down below or on Twitter at LanternRoachCP. We love hearing your thoughts. Thanks to LaCole for supporting the podcast and your support as listeners. And we'll see you at the Stage 4 recap tomorrow. Ciao. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.